Hello, my fellow conservatives. Brandon Lewis here. Tis the season uh, to be excited about living in the United States of America in Tennessee. Welcome to the TenCon Big 7 uh, news update where we bring you stories uh, in the great volunteer state that you would care about. If you would, in the comments section, leave where you are watching from. Just shout out and say hello. Appreciate what you do. Glad to see everybody here. Uh, the more comments you put down there, the more other conservatives know that they are not alone. And often, uh, the first person that gives permission uh, can get a group to stand up against things that are not right, or so I have found in my lifetime. You know, <clears throat> when I started this, back in October uh, of last year, we've been doing this over a year now, the main reason I launched the Tennessee Conservative is because I felt helpless. We were in the middle of the lockdowns, churches were shut down, businesses were shut down, uh, there were all these infringements on our personal liberties, economic liberties, civil liberties, and they all came, most of them in the volunteer states, at the hands of, of our own Republican Party. And it was very frustrating. And as I began to do a few things, I led a protest on the Market Street Bridge. I'll not bore you with the details. What I discovered was that um, the Tennessee media was remarkably liberal. And I've known that for a long time. I used to run uh, United States Senate and House campaigns. But, you know, they, they put us down for wanting, uh, for wanting our liberties and our freedoms back and just for, for protesting in a very peaceful way. And yet, when Black Lives Matter in our town uh, spray-painted things, kicked doors down, or kicked windows out, rather, of businesses, uh, toppled things at the courthouse, now that was okay. Uh, you can scream profanity, you can keep people up around their residences, that's perfectly fine. And so I watched it, <clears throat> and what I have found is that, you know, conservatives really need to channel their energy in a productive way. And what does that look like? It can be knocking on doors. It can be calling your legislators. It can be writing letters. Uh, it can be making phone calls. Um, it can be uh, showing up to organizational meetings and assisting um, candidates that really uh, will help. It can be uh, getting legislation pushed. It can be lobbying up in uh, Nashville. But you know what else it can be? Giving. And we're at the end of our year-end campaign uh, close to it. We've only got about 14 days left. And if you'll click the link in the in the uh, description box, there's a little link for our year-end campaign. And I realize not everybody can start a news outlet. Not everybody wants to spend uh, the hours that I spend in my free time because I run another business doing it. So if you would consider giving the gift of conservatism, conservatism uh, this year, we would appreciate it. And when you do, we'll send you these proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers. You'll get two of those puppies, a directory of your state senators and reps. And if you get $50 or more or a recurring donation, we'll send you this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. And if you put uh, eggnog in here, if it has uh, zero proof in it, uh, it will turn into 40 proof uh, Jack Daniels eggnog. Uh, you can also use this as a tree stand if you put your Christmas tree in here, a very small one. Uh, you can put it in there, water it. Uh, you can use the lid later when the season is over. And, of course, New Year's. Who wouldn't want to drink out of that thing in New Year's? Let's get right down to the stories. Guys, I appreciate you very much for hanging in there. Do leave in the comment sections uh, where you're watching this from and what you think about the stories. Here we go. Tennessee senators fear little can be done to curb illegal immigration in the state. I beg to differ. 
Following the conclusion of the Joint Study Committee on Refugee Issue meetings, two members relate they have little hope it is within the Tennessee legislature's power to curb influx of legal immigrants being uh, relocated in the volunteer state. Well, Ron DeSantis doesn't seem to think so in Florida. Back to the story, Senator Bo Watson said, as the testimony revealed in the Senate uh, Study Committee sessions, the federal government controls the levers of immigration and uh, Immigration illegal and illegal. Tennessee is aggressively identifying when illegal immigrants uh, occurs and enforcing the law, uh, creating and maintaining public awareness that illegal immigration is not acceptable in Tennessee is essential to curbing and dissuading illegal immigration. Uh, and Watson would not speculate about any potential legislation. We're going to get to some of that in a moment. Senator Richard Briggs said, "In my opinion, there's little we can do." As a state, there's little the state government can do since uh, immigration and border protection are federal responsibilities. We can request the refugee placement agencies continue to send reports on refugee placement. What, what's the point in that? Um, that's my words, not his. This is uh, legal immigration. I don't think it's legal. Um, this is done already. Briggs stated about uh, potential legislation that he believes the conclusion will be that the state is limited in what it can do. Okay, that's one thought. Right? That's one approach. We can't do anything. We're hopeless. We're helpless. We can't assert any state rights at all. It's just we're just going to have to live with it. Well, here's another. Here's another perspective on this. Story two. Tennessee lawmaker files a bill to stop state funding of students in U.S. illegally. Now, the number one reason that we have a huge influx of illegal immigration in Tennessee is because we have these things called benefit magnets. When you can come into a nation illegally, and if your education for your children will be paid for, and if it's far better than what you could have gotten in your home state, if you receive housing benefits, food benefits, uh, phone, all kinds of other things, if there are tons of uh, magnets drawing you into Tennessee, well, of course, of course you're going to want to come here. And so Griffey's got a good idea. And I believe that if Tennessee will stop funding the magnets and then start requiring E-Verify for employers, people would look, illegal immigrants would look, and they'd say, I don't think I want to come to Tennessee. You know why? They won't educate my kids for free. They won't house me for free. They won't feed me for free. And I can't steal jobs there and drive down wages. That's the solution. But there are big players that are against that, and typically, historically, the Chamber of Commerce and the NFIB and other um, you know, corporate-type groups have been against illegal immigration reform that would actually help us in the state. Leave your comments. If I'm, if I'm off on this, let me know if I'm barking up the wrong tree. Tennessee State Representative Bruce Griffey has filed a bill that would allow public schools to deny enrollment and the state to not fund education for students who are deemed to be here in this country illegally. Griffey said uh, his bill focuses on the costly expense of providing free taxpayer-subsidized education to illegals in Tennessee and calls for defunding it, and that's at your expense, right? This bill would allow the state to withhold funding for students who are deemed to be in the country illegally, and the school districts uh, choose and, and, and school districts who choose to enroll. The funding for those students would be the sole responsibility of the district, and the state uh, would be held harmless against action regarding the funding, which means that, hey, if you want to have lots of illegal immigration uh, in your state, that's all well and good, but guess what? 
your your local district is going to have to to pay for it. And uh, John T. Face says you are correct. I appreciate you, John. Districts also would not be allowed to count students uh, deemed to be in the country illegally toward basic education program state funding calculations, and I bet that would stop that immediately. Uh, drives me nuts. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing about it is, in addition, um, I, there are school districts here in Hamilton County, where I am, and I'm sure where you are, where we've had this huge exodus of, of, of uh, legal students and it has all been backfilled with illegal students. And when you put uh, children who come into the classroom, third, fourth, fifth grade, whenever they arrive, and they speak English as a second language or not at all, they've, they've not been through the formal education of kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and now a third of the class, a fourth of the class, half of the class um, is so far behind. What does that leave teachers to do? Essentially abandon the local students so they can try to bring up uh, folks that, that, are, that are too far behind. Griffey said, back to the story, according to the Federation of American Immigration Reform in 2017, uh, $383 million of Tennessee's education budget went to funding education for illegals. $383 million. That's just coming out of your pocket. Back to the story, as illegals continue to flood across our border in record numbers under the failed policies of the Biden administration, it is inevitable this is, that this figure is significantly higher in 2021 than it was in 2017. Tennesseans should not have to be paying hundreds or millions of dollars in expenses resulting from criminal acts, uh, which the federal government is turning a blind eye to. And one thing that was funny, uh, this lady from an illegal immigration advocacy group said that, that Griffey's uh, bill would be stopped as similar bills had been stopped in the past because they had an alliance that stopped these bills. Well, my question is this. If we have a Republican supermajority, who's really stopping these bills that would cut off these benefit magnets in our state? It can't be Democrats because they're not in power. It has to be lobbyists and corporations and the Republican Party working in conjunction to really not deal with this problem. And it's long overdue. We've got an election coming up in 2022, and we really need to make it happen. Tony said, oh, I remember that radio interview with Bill Lee, and he was specifically asked how he was going to fight back the federal government. He said they were ready to fight back. Uh, LOL, he's too busy posting on Facebook and traveling to make himself uh, effective. I'm just going to say effective because I, I can't see the rest of that. Thank you for your comments. Um, you know, that's the whole thing. It, it's not that we don't have the methodology to fight illegal immigration in our state and make it less appealing. We just don't have the will. So we've got to find people in 2022 in the state Senate and state house that have the will. Next story. Appeals court narrows ruling on CMS mandates jeopardizing Tennessee health care workers. This is kind of bad news for the volunteer state. On December 15th, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 5th District of Louisiana confirmed a district court injunction against the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for health care workers. However, the ruling narrowed the scope of the injunction to only the plaintiff jurisdictions. The national stay on the vaccine mandate now only applies to 14 states that filed the lawsuit, and Tennessee is not on the list. So the mess that the legislature left us with by not dealing with this during the extraordinary session is now back on our plate. We could have dealt with it in the general session a long time ago, just like we could have dealt with vaccine mandates in the private sector. We could have dealt with it in the extraordinary section. We just keep kicking it down the road, and now here we are again. The opinion of the appeals court is uh, to uphold the district court's decision uh, to issue a preliminary injunction, but concluded there's no basis for a nationwide 
injunction. So here we are again, and I don't know exactly what all that means, but we're going to have to get into it. Um, at the time of the publication, uh, it is not implementing its requirement for healthcare workers to take the vaccine as a condition of employment in response to the Louisiana court ruling, but that could change at any time. There you have it. Next story. Congress passes $770 billion defense bill allows discharge over vaccine refusal. Inflation, I'm going to kind of get off topic here, has been ravaging our state and our country. And this is what happens when you have a Federal Reserve and when you have a federal government that prints money and doles out money for no value being created. If you don't work, if you don't produce a good, if you don't produce a service, and if you get cash, all that does is devalue all the goods and services and any money that you have in savings. It's a terrible thing that they can basically tax the working class without ever having to tax, uh, without ever having to pass a tax increase by just printing money. Rebecca Bond, thank you, dear, for joining us from Kingston, Tennessee. Glad that you're here with us. Back to the story. The Senate passed the bipartisan 2022 National Defense Authorization Act with 89 to 10 vote, sending the legislation on to Biden. The bill, which is passed annually in some form, includes a revamp of how the military deals with sexual assaults as well as a 2.7% pay increase for military members and employees at the Department of Defense. The bill also creates an Afghanistan war commission to evaluate the U.S. military presence and withdrawal from the nation which was a huge train wreck. Back to the story. The bill faced several points of contention, including when a contingent of Republicans fought to include language protecting U.S. service members who refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine. After Republicans' efforts, the newly passed NDAA prevents them from receiving dishonorable discharges, but they will still be discharged. And what a slap in the face to our service people, in my opinion. We're going to count on you to go stand in front of a bullet if, if, if things come, and many of you maybe have, but if you want to exercise a little bit of medical freedom, and if you've already had this disease, uh, or if you think there's going to be side effects, or you have exemptions of conscience, we're now going to throw your entire military career out the window. I believe we are in the middle of a mass psychosis uh, in this nation where there's only one solution to a problem that has better solutions, and I hope that our nation wakes up. Uh, from the dream because Australia hasn't. And it's sad to watch our brothers and sisters across the, the pond uh, do terrible things to one another. Next story, Williamson County, sometimes, okay, sometimes I have to read stories I don't want to read and talk about things I don't want to talk about on this show. And now's one of those times, but it is news, and uh, be careful with your children. Uh, specifically, be careful with your children. It can happen anywhere, but in government education, at the state or federal level, um, I'm increasingly, increasingly convinced that if you have the means, homeschool your children, put them in private school, because this stuff that I have to report on all the time is not very good. A first grade teacher, let me read the headline, Williamson County Elementary Teacher Arrested for Sex Crimes Against Children. A first grade teacher at Fairview Elementary School in Williamson County was arrested Monday and is facing 27 counts of sex crimes against children including aggravated sexual battery and child rape. The two victims are under the age of 13 and related to Jonathan Ulrich, an 18-year veteran of Williamson County School District. There's been a lot of shenanigans going on in Williamson County School, and this is probably one of the worst ones I've seen. Back to the story, Williamson County School officials issued the following statement 
Uh, the charges filed against Mr. Ulrich in Murray County are horrific. The district has no indication that any of the charges are related to his work at our school. However, families who may have information to share with local law enforcement are encouraged to contact the Williamson County Sheriff's Office, and I hope they will. The district also made counselors available to help parents support their children and has suspended uh, Ulrich from Williamson County Schools without pay. Congressional candidate Robbie Starbuck shared the distressing news in a Facebook post and offered to help parents get resources for counseling their children. Now look, Bruce Griffey's back in the news again. Second story with him in it. You know, I talked to somebody the other day that's in the um, that's in the the house, and often there are there seems to be this. Um, People care about personality. I don't care about personality. I just care about policy. And I don't care why someone wants to get a bill passed. Um, I just care if it's a good bill or not. I just That's all I care about. And if it's a good bill, I think you should get behind the person and you should put aside your personal differences. And I hope many of these bills that uh, Griffey is putting in uh, because he is going to be running for uh, judge and, and not seeking re-election to the House. We're actually losing, in my opinion, uh, probably Tennessee's only immigration hawk, um, unless somebody steps up to the plate. Uh, and now he's looking at a different issue, which is really affecting all of us uh, in our businesses and our lives. Griffey proposes legislation to repeal Tennessee's gas tax. I'm all for it. Tennessee Representative Bruce Griffey has submitted a new House bill aimed at repealing uh, Tennessee's Improve Act to save Tennesseans money at the gas pump, and boy, we need it now more than we ever have. Griffey, uh, Griffey's bill targets Tennessee's Improve Act that, uh, since its induction in 2017, has gradually increased the tax from $0.20 cents, uh, in 2017 to $0.26 cents, uh, in 2019. The tax on diesel under the Act is also raised by $0.10 cents per gallon. Uh, Representative Griffey said in regards to his new bill, under my legislative proposal, the state would continue funding transportation and highways projects at the same financial level while at the same time giving tax relief to its citizens. We wouldn't miss a beat uh, with our infrastructure projects because Tennessee has the money, and it's true. We have, a, we have a surplus, which is what he says here. Griffey stated that Tennessee is already collecting an excess of taxes from Tennesseans and, and cited the fact that the state has $3.1 billion more in tax revenue than was projected for the fiscal year in 2021. I say give people back their money. Back to the story, Griffey said, with the uh, gas prices exponentially rising due to inflationary pressures from bad, reckless policies of the Biden administration, it is imperative now more than ever that we provide financial relief to Tennesseans at the pump. I agree. Next story. Tennessee bill would cut sentence in half for first-degree murder. House Bill 1532 Senate Bill 0561 in the Senate seeks to reduce the amount of time that can be served for first-degree murder before becoming eligible for parole. For someone currently sentenced to life in prison with parole, the minimum time they must serve is 51 years. If the bill passes the House and Senate and becomes Tennessee law, that time would be reduced by approximately half to 25 years. You can get 25 years for killing somebody. Well, what do you know? Back to the story. The bill affects only those sentenced to life uh, with parole. If passed, it would apply to sentenced to imprisonment for the first-degree murder of offense that occurred prior to July 1st, 2021, uh, for those who have already served 25 years. Republican State Senator Janice Bowling sponsored the bipartisan bill in the Senate said early in the year, we are now joining all other southern states in eliminating the federal judiciary reform of the mid-90s. We are returning to the truth in sentencing. Uh, Democrat Representative London Lamar, the bill's sponsor in the House, said that while this bill is about saving Tennesseans' money, 
Uh, it also aims to return convicts to safety uh, in society as productive citizens. While there is support for the bill among Tennesseans, many are concerned about convicted murderers being released much earlier from prison than anticipated. I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. That's a little bit above my pay grade. My initial thought is maybe not. I don't know. I would probably want to go back to the biblical standard for that. I'm not sure what that was, but I bet it wasn't 25 years. All right, guys. What a note to end on. We started out with illegal immigration. We ended with murder, uh, and we had some not very pleasant things in between. So, guys, if you watch this way, way down the road, leave it in the comment section. Tell me what you think. I do go back and review these. I usually do that on the weekend. Um, so what's going on with me? I don't know if I should if I should throw this out there, but I'm going to. Um, what's going on with me? Well, this weekend, uh, tonight I'm going to spend a nice evening at home. Uh, last night I was at the Hamilton County Republican Party uh, Christmas party. Had a good time. Uh, got to see a bunch of old friends. I ran into a, a good friend of mine who hopefully maybe gets to watch this, Dean Jackson, a sweet lady that I work with uh, on a Senate campaign. Uh, my wife and I are, are in the middle of building a house and moving out of our house. Everything's a little bit up in the air. Uh, we finally got the tree decorated last night. Looks great. We're a little behind. We're a little uh, behind, um, and uh, things are a little crazy, but we're heading into a wonderful season. I'm going to go back to Alabama to hang out with my brother from another mother, Thomas Brueggemann, uh, who I've spent Christmas and Thanksgiving with for nigh on 30-some-odd years now. And so I hope that you and your Christmas traditions are in full swing. I hope you've got all your gifts purchased. But the greatest gift is Christ and his salvation for you and me. And uh, I hope that we will remember that through the season. Makes everybody a little bit nicer, uh, a little bit kinder. And uh, let's remember that as we go into this season. Love you, mean it. If you can, help with that annual campaign and give the gift of conservatism for Tennessee. Click the link in that uh, description box and you can help us there. Anything helps. Love y'all. Take care. Have a good day. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee 10 Con Big 7 signing off. Merry Christmas.